We need to talk about her film career a bit. As I mentioned, she was in a Fellini film and her scenes were cut, or her scene was cut, which is unfortunate. But she did make two feature films. She starred in them, and they were called Deadly Weapons <laughs> and Secret Agent 73. And I'd like to point out, the, the director of both of these movies, Doris, Doris Wishman, is the most prolific female film director of the entire 20th century. That said, if you've seen these movies, you're going to wonder why. <laughs> so um, I'd like to summarize the film Double Agent 73, which I think I called Secret Agent 73 the first time we did this. It's really good we're doing it again. <laughs> we open with gunshot, 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 hands tied behind the back, explosion, double agent 73. What could it possibly mean? Let's find out. So we see her wearing a really ugly outfit and then we watch her undress and awkwardly lift one boob. <laughs> and when she lifts one boob awkwardly, it makes a camera noise. Again, what could this mean? The same clip of her lifting up her boob awkwardly appears after every single name. It could actually give you a seizure probably, so be careful. <laughs> so the film opens with two ugly guys playing cards in the world's ugliest living room. <laughs> they immediately cut away from these guys with no explanation, no dialogue or anything to see another guy breaking into a house in the suburbs. My next note is why every 70s porn wood paneling. I think it's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking for something. At one point during his search, he lifts up a bunch of like children's artwork. <laughs> I'm a teacher. I know what children's artwork looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, please don't put this in a porn. <laughs> the card guys are also in the house and they sneak in to knock them out. Then we see some secret agent guys on the phone. You need to know something about this movie. Everyone is either on the phone leaving an apartment or entering an apartment like basically the entire time <laughs> doesn't matter what's going on there's a phone call and someone either entering or leaving an apartment there are times we see chesty morgan enter and leave apartments and nothing else happens <laughs> she's just walking in and out of random apartments it's so fucking weird <laughs> Anyways, there's a super, super bad guy who's super, super bad. And his last name is Toppler. And I don't know why I think that's funny, but I do. <laughs> so Toppler sees the guy that was looking through the children's artwork. And he and his henchmen, who was, they were the two guys playing cards, it turns out. And so he and his henchmen try to shove this guy in the trunk, but this guy barely shakes them off and runs away really slowly. So they bump him slightly with the car and then put him in the trunk because <laughs> they couldn't hire a stuntman. <laughs> the next scene is in a nudist colony where they're playing what I can only describe as butt volleyball. Because <laughs> it's literally just two people hitting a volleyball back and forth to each other while like 40 other naked people just stand there not playing volleyball and all you see are their butts. So, butt volleyball. <laughs> then we see Chesty, who is awkwardly perched on a concrete embankment in a bra and hooker heels and shorts, and she's reading a book. And I just want to point out, if you're at a nudist colony, it's actually considered really rude to wear lingerie 
or bottoms at all. So I just thought I'd point that out. I learned that from a David Sedaris book. <laughs> she sees a dog and then she throws grass at the dog. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I had to like, think about that for a second. It didn't like register. A handful of grass at this fucking dog. Why are you doing that? That's not nice. She takes off her shoes and you just get a really, really close up shot of her feet in this moment. And you're like, wait, I thought this was a tit pick. No, it's definitely actually a foot pick. Okay, this might be Quentin Tarantino's first movie. I don't know. <laughs> She's not a good actress. I would say in this film, she has maybe one and a half facial expressions. If you don't count closing your eyes as a separate facial expression. <laughs> Her character's name is Jane, which is not a good porn name. <laughs> and she has to fly to New York City and do a secret agent stuff. She's pissed off because she's on vacation at the nudist colony where she isn't even nude. She's just abusing puppies. <laughs> so she bitches about how her vacation got canceled. <sighs> And then the greatest thing ever happens, another secret agent walks into the like head secret agent guy's office and he's like, oh, I was just talking to Jane. And he makes the big boob gesture with his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Why bother? They say show, don't tell. I mean, like, if you've met Jane, you know what Jane's all about. Oh, Jane. Yeah, Jane. Jane, Jane is Jane is Chesty's character name because that's what sexy ladies are named. I was pretending to be them. I'm sorry if it was bad. <laughs> oh. So Jane is the only one who can bring down Ivan Toppler. They're just like, she's the only one who has what needs to be done. Like, I guess what needs to be done is she uses her boobs somehow. <laughs> So she's on the phone with him and he's explaining this to her. And at one point she actually like yells at him for not giving her information. But the reason he didn't give her the information is because she yells right in the middle of his line. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can't describe it any other way. This is like the most poorly cut film I have ever seen. Now her mission is going to be to take photographs of documents and Toppler's men. And the conversation goes kind of like this. Your mission is to take photographs of topless men. Why do I need to take photographs of topless men? Because one of them might be Toppler. <gasps> <laughs> the real espionage shit. So, <laughs> they put a camera in her boob. <laughs> Not like in the nipple. They just like, like sort of like cut a hole in the top of her boob and just gonna cram a camera in there. And you see her sleeping and waking up from surgery and she's legitimately passed out, totally unconscious. And the nurse walks in and goes, oh, you put makeup on. <laughs> I also wanna point out most of the shots, I feel like there's more shots of feet than boob in this whole thing. Oh, Quentin Tarantino production. Exactly. Like somebody's in there like, you know, I'm doing this now, but someday, someday I'll make the porn I want. <laughs> Anyways, she strangles the nurse with a phone cord like you do in the American healthcare system if you don't want to pay. And then she takes a shower. Because why not? <laughs> no, there is at this point, there's a horrible and like, like two minute scene watching her peel off her boob band-aids like super slowly. 
I got nauseous. I had to stop. <laughs> I had to like to like put the the porn video on like three times fast to get past it. So then smash cut to a club scene. Everyone's dancing the latest crazy club dances. Whoa, they're doing the 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 disco and the black exploitation shuffle <laughs> and the Nixon dance, <laughs> all those 70s dance crazes. And everyone's wearing a fucking coat. Another thing you need to remember about this porn movie is everyone is wearing a massive Russian overcoat at all times. <laughs> I don't know whether it was like supposed to be a flasher movie and they changed their minds. I have no idea what happened here. Anyways, so she meets a man and he's like, you're beautiful. I'll buy you a drink. And she's like, all right. And that's basically the end of it. Like, he just buys her a drink and she's not dancing. And he's like, oh, look at the young people dance. So this is really unsexy to me, I just like to point out. But later, <laughs> she blows the lock off his hotel room door. And I'll tell you exactly what she did. She took a bunch of Play-Doh. Like, you know when Play-Doh gets gross and, like, all the colors get mixed up and it kind of turns, like, that greenish, like, sickly <laughs> rainbow mess? Yeah. So she puts a glob of that Play-Doh next to the lock of the door and then touches a lit match to it. <laughs> and that's how plastic explosives work. Yeah. Plastic explosives are like plastic. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out plastic explosives are quite uh, overpriced because you could just have a matchbook and a Play-Doh. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the point of the whole movie is that she takes off her shirt in a really unenthusiastic fashion and then just like awkwardly lifts one boob up to take a photo. <laughs> it's so dastardly unerotic. It's kind of hard to reckon with. Like it's hard. I, I was like really worried. I was worried. And like, I thought you didn't see her nipples basically the whole time. But it turns out you can kind of see her nipples sometimes. I watched it again. <laughs> Anyways, she's taking some boob pics and this man walks in and it is a slow mo titty beat down. <laughs> this, if you want to call it an homage to her other film, Deadly Weapons, where she spends most of her time crushing people with her tits, we could call it an homage. But I just kind of want to point out that for some reason in this scene, there's a picture of the Mona Lisa with a beard on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Anyway, so they put on coats and then they run around and then they have a car chase. <laughs> the car chase is so boring. I had to turn the video on three times speed because it was like slower than the OJ car chase. He catches up to her in her car and is just like, get in my car. And she's just kind of like, okay. And she gets in his car. <laughs> and then they have a conversation and I cannot figure out what this conversation referred to as far as i know there must have been a deleted scene that this conversation connected to somehow <laughs> anyways she he orders her to get out of the car and she puts on lipstick and he's like you stupid bitch why are you putting on lipstick and she's like oh with the <laughs> lipstick and then she just tosses the lipstick tube in the car and like gets out and walks away and he takes careful aim with the world's tiniest gun but then guess what the lipstick's a bomb and his car blows up what yes twist <laughs> amazing then like a whole bunch more phone calls happen so there's a character that i forgot to mention 
and his name is Scar. Even though he does not have a scar, he has a birthmark. But he is called Scar. <laughs> it turns out somebody else has the scar, and they just think this guy is the scar, so it's actually kind of offensive, so I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> so he makes a phone call, and he's like, oh, we failed to assassinate her, so we need someone else to come assassinate her. And the guy was on the phone, like, okay. And oh, another thing about this movie is everyone's weirdly polite on the phone. Like when they call each other, like, hi, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Hey, listen, Jane disappeared again. Like, they're just so friendly. <laughs> and I don't know, in a porn, I feel like you should be like more sexy. Like, put Jane on the phone. And then put the <laughs> phone in her butt. And I don't know. What I don't know. I, I don't know how to do porn. Anyways, then she walks in and out of apartments for a while because that's like most of this movie. And then she gets home and then a random lady stops by and she's like, oh, hi, hi. And the lady comes in and then Chastity Morgan leaves and you see her walk out of a parking garage and kind of stand there and then like wander off. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the random lady who came to her house gets in the shower. <laughs> And then they, there's like a psycho scene and the guy who comes to stab her is wearing a white turtleneck and that is just poor planning. <laughs> so this lady, I have no idea who she is, but she gets stabbed to death and Chesty Morgan literally walks in like the second this guy leaves. Like there's no way they didn't pass in the hallway and he was covered in blood. And she goes in right after this and seems absolutely mildly confused. <laughs> moting so hard you would think she would be like hmm that doesn't seem okay maybe I should not continue in this direction where the blood man came from the blood man the blood man the 70s blood man then guess what penguins we're at a zoo for some reason I don't know there's a zebra butt it's the best looking butt in the movie <laughs> There's a 70s Dapper Man. That's his name. I like never learned his name. But 70s Dapper Man, he's looking at the polar bears. And he is the contact that apparently she had to go to the zoo to meet, except nobody ever said she was going there. <laughs> then we see a clip of a child drinking from a water fountain. And I want to point out, can you please not put clips of children drinking from water fountains in your fucking porn movie? <laughs> what the fuck, 1970s? So he walks up to her and they have a random conversation that makes no sense. Then they walk around and kind of flirt and enjoy the zoo. <laughs> just about this time, it cuts back to Scar. He makes another phone call because he just realized that they stabbed the wrong girl. We have no idea how he got this information. He just knows it because his Scar is full of secrets, I guess. Yeah. The next scene is her making a drink to what I can only describe as bonanza music. <laughs> And she's like, she goes home and she takes her shirt off and she takes her bra off and she stands around in her skirt and high heels drinking like you do. Just like, you know, hashtag girl shit. <laughs> then an assassin breaks in, but she shoots him with some kind of deadly gas. And then she chokes him to death with ice cubes. <laughs> she just like, she like hypnotized. Okay, so she hits him with the gas. He She hypnotizes him with, with really unattractive shots of her boobs that are super blurry and grainy. <laughs> so he like falls to the carpet and then she shoves like a shitload of ice cubes down his throat <laughs> and he dies. 
<laughs> she like just goes back to the bar and makes another drink, like NBD. She calls, she makes a phone call. She's like, I have a pickup. <laughs> so then the next shot, she's leaving in bed topless. And this is the closest thing we see to any actual naked people in the sex movie because she's wearing just panties. But again, she really doesn't seem to have nipples. <laughs> okay, then here's the weirdest scene in the movie, the, the, the scene that I understand the least. So she wakes up topless and she gets a phone call and she's sleeping on top of the bed, which is weird. And then she like scampers away. And then we see her backlit, whirling, wearing a bright blue negligee. And she's just whirling and whirling and whirling. And then it's just gone. I don't know what that was supposed to be. Was it supposed to be a transition sequence? Was she turning into Sailor Poon? I have no idea what was going on. <laughs> then she goes on a date with the Dapper 70s man, and they go back to my aunt's living room from 1992 for drinks. He's also an agent. They make out, and it cuts away before sex. You don't even see him grab a boob. He doesn't even stick his head in there. Like, what? It's just like nothing. They could be playing Barcheesy. I don't know. Fuck. This is very disappointing. Anyways, then there's another changing scene. She goes in and out of an apartment. She lifts up her boob. She drops her boob. She takes a boob photo. Then Dave Foley comes in with a purple fedora and she shoots him in the neck with her titty. <laughs> oh. <It> <laughs> Hi, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, are you fucking done yet? <laughs> he's he's laughing so hard at me. <laughs> he's like, I never get drunk. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. No, I like I like my shitty choices. I like them. <laughs> I'm gonna get McDonald's for breakfast tomorrow. It's Hell yeah. So she shoots. Dave fully in the neck with her boob and he falls down and then there's another cot there's another shot of the agency and someone on the fucking phone and they call the dapper 70s man and they're like you need to watch after Jane because she is clearly over her head and then he's like I'm in love with her I've never met a woman like her she has said three words in this entire movie. <laughs> like if that mostly she just looks stoned in a mullet wig so then <laughs> There is like an eight minute scene where Dave Foley is just at the racetrack watching them, the fucking horses and that's it. <laughs> like it just exists. <laughs> Anyways, she goes home through an apartment door and then smash cut to other people having dumpy sex amongst a bunch of nightmare patterns. <laughs> this, again, the only, she walks into a totally like her house and then smash cut to somebody else's house. <laughs> And then she walks into that house <laughs> and she hides in the bathroom and the dumpy wife or whoever goes to the bathroom to, I don't know, poop. <laughs> and, and then she's, she knocks her out and gags her. And then the man is just passed out on the bed. So she lies down next to him and he starts making out with her and grabbing her boob kind of. And let's just, like, say that the woman that he came in with and Chesty Morgan have vastly different chest sizes, but he doesn't know the difference <laughs> just from touch. Okay. <laughs> of course. 
So then he starts to suck on her boob and he still doesn't know it's her, but then he opens his eyes and then there's those weird grainy hypno boob shots again. And then he kind of <laughs> just like passes out all sweaty. But then the woman wakes up and Chessie Morgan goes in the bathroom and like angrily washes the man's like mouth marks off her boob, which I thought was a very nice feminist moment <laughs> in a movie that really sort of lacked them. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then there's another phone call. Where is Jane? Well, she's washing her boobs. She doesn't have time for you. So then she goes to kill an antique dealer. But uh, Scar gets to her first and ties her up with her boobs out. Because Scar was the antique dealer she came to kill. Da, da, da. <laughs> I know, right? Later. <laughs> Sorry. So then he he really half-heartedly tries to rape her. Oh. Like he's he's not in in into this. He he doesn't want to do this. Like he's just sort of like awkwardly like flailing himself, like the, the wacky weaving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Like, I don't want to film this. I'm just gonna like, right? like nice Jewish mom from the suburbs. I don't want to do this shit. Come on. So the bathroom lady comes out and then the bathroom lady slaps her around and you, there's a really like a weirdly pointed shot of blood falling onto her boob. <laughs> and, and then I realized this is from the intro and I was like, oh, oh my God, thank God I'm almost done. <laughs> so then she unties herself and the guy keeps making phone calls. <laughs> she fucking decks both of them. And then takes more boob pics. <laughs> and the agent, there's a cut back to the agency and like, wow, we are worried about Jane. Jane's fine. Good. Turns out though, Scar is Toppler. Whoa. I know, right? Right. And she's got him. She's got him. She's ready to go. Everything's all wrapped up. But then we cut back to the agency and you know what? Her boobs will explode if she's not in the agency by 10 p.m. Or if she goes under 80 miles an hour. Uh, <laughs> so they're like, oh, my God, her boobs are going to explode. And then she just walks in. So there's like no reason for it at all. <laughs> it was almost a moment of tension, but then it wasn't. And then she she does kind of collapse. Oh, She does kind of collapse. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, let's go get that thing out of her boob before it explodes. They never explain why it will explode because they put it in there in the first place. So why would they set it to explode? <laughs> Anyways, so she has the, the boob bomb removal surgery and she's fine. And they don't make you watch the bandage thing again. Thank God. And then they sit down with a film projector to watch her boob pics. And it's like a weird art installation, which is like, random photo like your friend who's the photography major because they 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 wiped out of other arts programs because they didn't quite have the technical skills and you go to their really really meaningful show and drink the world's worst white wine out of a paper cup and you're just like oh my god it's so meaningful <laughs> it was like that <laughs> anyways it turns out scar is not Toppler. They just thought he was. Guess who Toppler is? 
dapper 70s man, her boyfriend. Man. I know. I know. I was heartbroken too. I was like, oh my God, how can you survive this? And the agency like tells her that because apparently they have this information all of a sudden. <laughs> and then she she puts on this really really fancy like bathrobe and sits down and drinks one sip of tea and thinks about how sad she is and then gets up and walks away and then i wrote goes by his place in an illegal outfit because like there's no way that she could actually wear that outside without getting arrested like there's just no way <laughs> they sit down on a couch and then immediately get up and switch to the other couch <laughs> <laughs> and then he just he's like straight up admits he's like yo i love you i'm toddler i'm the bad guy but i love you anyways and then she just shoots him and drops the gun in like the laziest most attached fashion possible <laughs> like the director had already yelled cut or something <laughs> <laughs> then she goes home by walking through an apartment oh they walked into this apartment too before she shot him i just want to point out so then the agency calls her and they're like we need you for a new mission and she's like no and they're like, we need you. And she's like, I don't want to do it anymore. And then you see this plane taking off and just like a picture of her boobs superimposed over the taking <laughs> off. But like the boobs are static, but the plane is moving. And they're like, you need to go to Istanbul. And she says, no. And then you see the plane taking off with her boobs. So she must have gone to Istanbul. And that's the end. <laughs> I mean, I've so seen worse movies, but I've also seen a lot better movies. <laughs> It's an important thing to remember. Like, Chastain Morgan had a fucking rough life in a lot of ways. Like, murder, husband, holocaust, fucking chronic back pain. After her first husband died, she was, like, really against getting remarried. She's like, people die, and it's too sad, and I just don't want to go through that again. But eventually, she did get remarried. She remarried a professional baseball umpire named Dick Stello. <laughs> And she still goes by the name Lillian Stello today. And he was really proud of her. So I'm going to read this anecdote because it's so funny. <laughs> so he sometimes took his sports colleagues to her performances. And in his autobiography, fellow Major League Baseball umpire Eric Gregg recalled seeing one of Morgan's performances with Stello. He called the experience one of the strangest nights of my life. <laughs> Greg remembered Stello as a class act, generous, and a teacher to him. He wrote that Morgan's show was a riot, but that his thoughts on the situation were, here we were sitting with her husband. What were you supposed to say under the circumstances? Hey, nice boobs. <laughs> and like, that's a really good point, because you don't want to be rude. <laughs> but you want to be appreciative. So the marriage didn't last. They did get divorced and she was sad that she had gotten divorced, but they stayed friends for the rest of his life. Unfortunately, he didn't live much longer after that. Chesty Morgan's last appearance as a burlesque artist was in Houston, Texas in 1991 on the first night of Desert Storm. <laughs> One for the boys, two for the boys, really. And she retired. She moved to Tampa. She bought a lot of properties. And that's what she does now. She is a landlord and she likes to do the maintenance on all of her properties. Apparently she is most fond of roofing, <laughs> which is adorable. If you think about this like little tiny five foot five Jewish grandmother, huge knockers, notwithstanding, <laughs> just up there nailing on her roof. 
So this is a woman that a lot of people laugh at. A lot of people make fun of her. A lot of people assume that she is a bimbo, that she wasn't intelligent, that she was a, you know, like just like a whore, basically. This is a woman with like deeply held and researched and understood political and social opinions. She was generally a good person. Like you have to remember, this is someone who came so, so much from nothing. And you would expect her to have made it through sex, but all she did was show a little bit of titty. And a little bit of titty for her, it was a lot of titty for most people, but for her, it wasn't that much. <laughs> I think it's also important to remember that like, just because somebody has like freakishly huge tits or whatever, like, they could still be a super cool person with a lot of hidden depths and like, you know, shitty trauma. Us people with giant titties, we're just like everyone else, except <laughs> we have more back pain and we pay a lot for our underwear. But other than that, we're just like everybody else. And then without Chesty Morgan here to use her boobs to save free speech, we wouldn't we wouldn't be free to have big titties anymore. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Thank you. <laughs>